I'm your host, Micah Versman, and this is The Producer Podcast. Today, Christmas is coming early as we're extending season three of the show. If you heard our last episode with Chad Gunderson, you know we called that the season three finale. However, we're happy to now release a surprise 10th episode to the third season. So today, we have a special roundtable discussion as we bring back previous guest Hannah Bartlett, Matthew Jordan, and Katherine Johnson to the show to discuss the topic of how do we care for our crew. Because right now in the industry, there's a potential strike going on with some of the unions, and the reasons they're striking really boil down to that issue of caring for the crew. So without further ado, let's jump in and get started. Obviously, this the idea for this episode came out of seeing everything that's going on in Hollywood right now with the strike. And while I don't want to get into the nitpicky of all the issues that they're striking for, at least when I read through a lot of the issues, it really seems to come down to the aspect of just taking care of your crew. And if people were doing that, a lot of these things wouldn't be problems. So... I guess maybe to start, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how as producers we can be setting our productions up right from the very beginning to care for the crew instead of that being like an afterthought once we get to production. So um, I'll just start out by saying that I think communication is really, really key in this. So in that pre-production stage, as you're getting crew on board for your project, um, having a contract in place with them that clarifies a lot of those things, like how many hours the days are going to be, what's all included, how much their rate is. Um, and sometimes, you know, other details, like how many hours are between meals or, or those types of things. Um, and just to give a little bit of my background. So I do a lot of commercial and client work. So it's a lot of smaller crews. So it's not features and that type of thing. But you know, I'm typically working with between three to 11 people, right? So it's, it's kind of in that range. Um, and usually between, I would say three to nine days long is kind of the range there um, of stuff that I've worked on. So just to kind of give a little bit of context for where I'm coming from with that. But I think really having um, it, it written out in the contracts is super important and communicating with them um, what's expected for the project, especially when you're working in um, the independent Christian film world, you're going to have a whole variety of people with different expectations. You know, some are like, oh, I love doing this. This is a passion thing. I'm totally fine with whatever. Other people are, you know, going to be more um, industry professionals and have more requirements. So talking that through in the contract stage, getting it down on paper is going to save you so much further on things that you can't really change once you're on set as easily. Um, so I think communicating ahead of time is, is really key. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Um, we, I've learned probably more from mistakes than from good choices I've made. And so, uh, at least on, um, counter column, we, I think there was some, some communication that could have been a lot better. And looking back, it's like, um, some people are expecting one thing, other people are expecting another thing. Um, to go off of what Hannah said, um, 
it having it having it written out is important and um and upfront talking through kind of pay expectations and um expectations of how long the days are going to be and all this stuff um I haven't um I haven't produced anything that's union regulated at all um and so obviously the union exists to help regulate um the treating of of crew and I think that you definitely see when you're on a lower budget production how easy it is to mistreat people because you just can't afford the time or the money um to be able to to get people uh proper feeding or proper rest because you're trying to to finish the filming on time and stuff like that um if you can plan your production better um to make sure that you're gonna be on time and on budget that's like the biggest thing you can do to help yourself out um because I think looking back, we definitely could have done better on countercom with that, and it would have definitely made the experience um, less tiring for people. <laughs> oh my God, you know this. <laughs> it's not like you weren't there. I didn't get too many gray hairs, yeah. so, you know. So, I did want to uh, jump in just kind of off of the one thing you were talking about uh, with, you know, how when you're not doing union projects, it's sometimes easy to mistreat crews because you're not being held to those standards. Um, and it's definitely true. I've made some of those mistakes, but more recently I've been trying too like when I have projects coming up like I had one with a minor as an actor and so I took the time to research what are the union rules for that and trying to get into that habit of what are the union rules and trying to follow them as closely as possible so hopefully in the future when I am doing a union set it's not going to be like a complete shock to my system like what you mean I can't work my crew 20 hours you know or this actor can't be on set more than five hours mm. in a day or whatever. So that's something mm. I've, one is just interesting to read, I find, but something I've found helpful too. I think it was interesting what Matthew was saying too about learning from our mistakes. Cause that's where I feel I've learned the most as well. I feel like in the early stages, Andrew and I were both very like, driven go-getters so hey if we're willing to work an 18-hour day well everybody else should be too right um and that's definitely not how it goes um and especially a lot of these people this is what they do all the time you know if, for Andrew and I we're working with client projects a lot of times it's pre-production then we're on set for three to five days and then you know we're in post-production for a little while so it's we can we can do that for a short period of time um but I think as we did more and more projects I think each one I learned something new from the crew. Like, hey, what, what are your expectations? What can we be doing better? Um, how can we be, you know, helping you guys to have a good and positive experience on, on our film sets? 
And most people aren't going to know their expectations um, or communicate them to you. So I think as a producer, it's important to be proactive. Um, again, this is coming from independent filmmaking, and you're working with a lot of people that are not in the typical industry. And so a phone call is enough for some people to get them to show up on your set. And that's what happens is they come and show up on your set. Um, but whether or not they can even be paid, I think there's some good policies to kind of have in place. Um, you know, this is that low budget independent filmmaker mentality, but communicating about if it is paid or not is so important because you know, you, the worst thing would be for them to come expecting to get paid and they don't get paid. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like an obvious thing, but I, you can, you can have several phone calls and, and not cover that topic. And I think right away it should be upfront. You know, this is a pro bono gig or, Hey, this is gonna, you know, pay this much or whatever. This is what we can afford. Are you willing to even do that? And, um, and then, you know, let's talk about, so if, if it's not a paid gig, um, you know, this is like someone's willing to come and work for free. Um, the very minimum to do for them is to, you know, give them all their meals and give them a place to sleep because, you know, basically like trying to do everything you can to like make it so that they don't at least have to, have to spend money out of their pocket to be there um if you can cover their travel cover their travel um if they're willing to provide their own travel that's you know that's great but um you want to offer that if you can and um along the lines of somebody coming and working for free oddly enough i think the tendency when somebody is working for free is to overwork them because you automatically, I would just say the people who are working for free are automatically in that category of people who are willing to do anything it takes for the project. <laughs> and so in some ways it's great working with people like that, but then on the other side, they're not going to go like strike if <laughs> you work them for too long, you know? And so you, that's where you have to be extra, extra, extra careful on your part. It's like, you know, I'm, the least I can do is, is make that plan and give them rest and give them, you know, a, a limited day. Um, because this is almost like, I guess if I was thinking about a good way to put it, sometimes our respect level and our carefulness to obey the procedures um, is higher for somebody who's like union. But in all honesty, it should be higher for somebody who's not getting paid working on my project. Because, like, that's that's even more of a sacrifice on their part. And so I should treat them arguably better than I would treat somebody who's, who's required, you know, who's in a union who I'm required to treat a certain way. It's like we should go and try to treat people even better if they're making that sacrifice for us. It, way easier said than done. I just <laughs> throwing that out there. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree, and that was something I was I was gonna um, say in regards to that too. I think whether they're 
coming on as you know passion project or even just getting paid less than their required rates I think a lot of times what I've tried to do is have like okay make sure all their the meals are great and that the crafty is really really good <laughs> and that the place that we have for them to stay is really nice too um, not like you know super expensive or anything like that but just nice you know something that's comfortable um, and just going above and beyond in you know if we're not able to pay their full rates hey what other mm -hmm. ways are maybe a little bit cheaper but still show them that we really care because I think someone can tell if you really care about them as a mm. person and as a crew member or not. So I think finding yeah. all of those little ways to, to listen, um, to care about them. A lot of times ahead of time, I'll ask, Hey, do you have any favorite snacks? Do you have any allergies? Um, any favorite, you know, um, drinks on set or Gatorade or whatever, you know? And so just kind of, um, yeah, seeing how I can ask those questions and, um, take care of them, especially if they're not getting their full rates, like you were saying. All right, uh, that that all sounded good. Um, uh, definitely some good takeaways there. So another aspect I wanted to bring up, because obviously you can plan as amazing as possible. You're never going to be a producer that doesn't ever have a day that ends up going overtime for whatever reason or where mm -hmm. something doesn't go wrong. So when you have those moments and now your day is going longer, there's this aspect and it's unexpected come up. How can we as producers make sure the crew is st still feeling cared mm -hmm. for and we're not just like shoving them up against a wall like, well, it's not our fault that it rained mm -hmm. all day mm -hmm. and we got to, you know, mm -hmm. add on four hours at the end of the day to get this done. I would say working as someone who both produces, but then also ADs frequently on features, um, when things get out of hand, producers um, are the ones that the AD usually goes to and says, hey, look, things are, <laughs> the crew, <laughs> this is how the crew is feeling. Um, the AD telling the producer that, and the producer needs to listen. If the AD says the team is, they're really exhausted, they're not gonna be able to put in extra hours, then the producer needs to make adjustments immediately um, and actually listen to that information instead of like, oh, we'll work through it, it's fine. No, that person is putting authority by you <laughs> to keep watch over people. <laughs> so we need to listen when that information reaches our ears, especially when it's yeah. coming through the proper channels. That's not a disgruntled person sitting in a corner saying, I can't do this that's someone whose job is to keep everyone safe saying, Hey, I don't, I think, you know, too bad. We're just going to have yeah. to cut it. Um, because ultimately at the end of the day, if the, if a crew knows that the producer's goal is their safety, they are willing to voluntarily do things that they might mm -hmm. not, if it was, if their safety is just being thrown to the wayside. Um, so if a, producer and an ad team says hey guys we only have this location for this day can we chip in two hours and if everybody's like sure and then if there are three people who are like i have to drive home tonight i need to leave now to get home safely then as a producer you're like good goodbye drive home be safe easier said than done <laughs> it is easier said than done. <laughs> no i taught to tag on that i think the 
idea that came to mind was opt-in like have when when somebody when you have to make a hard decision and say you're like okay we're just gonna try to go three more hours um to to make sure there's opt-in from your crew and especially your department heads so like going to each person um and saying hey you know we're gonna we're gonna try to go three more hours is that okay and uh especially if your leaders are on board with that, if they're okay with that, if they think their their individual crew teams are good with that, then that's that's good. If they're all kind of like, no, that's not going to work, then, you know, let them have an input in what's the better option. You know, what would you do um, if you're, you know, in this predicament? This is the predicament we're in, you know. Um, um, but then, you know, ultimately it's your job as the producer to um, – basically make sure it happens no matter what and so how do you uh you know sometimes as like i remember one time it was the camera team that really wanted another another bit of time on a certain scene and it was not going to work with the rest of our schedule and they were just really pushing for that you know whatever and um or or you know even they said like you know we can't do this many scenes in um in 12 hours and so you know instead of being like okay we'll go 14 hours i had to be like yes we're gonna do that many scenes in 12 hours and even if you just have to stick the camera on a tripod and we do it like drama style like at this point you don't have a choice when it comes down to it like i had to say you know we're sticking with the time versus um we're gonna try to figure out another day to add on for everybody like um I, people people can't adjust and they you know the quality drops a little bit if you have to make time sacrifices but but as a producer that's your that's your call and you really don't have to you shouldn't worry about that that's uh that's the director's job to fret about yeah and i think having some of those things thought about ahead of time can be super helpful. Like, um, I know there's things you just really cannot help on set, but in the pre-production stage, again, if you talk to your crew about what do you charge for overtime, what are you comfortable with? And then you also talk with director, AD, whoever else, heads of department, that's important saying, hey, if it comes to this point where something happens, um, our priority is to take care of the crew. So just so you know ahead of time, this is kind of so that you're not in the moment and go and all stressed and and you know mm -hmm. being like ah mm -hmm. what do we what do we do how do we take care of the crew and get this shot done yeah. and do this and this um so just communicating that ahead of time with the director with the ad with the heads of department um i think can be really really helpful and at the end of the day i think like you guys were saying it may come it might come down to we just need to put the crew and their safety first, especially as a Christian, like that's yeah. our job is to be thinking of others and caring for them. And so sometimes the project may have to suffer mm -hmm. because of that. But I think long term, um, that's the better decision. You know, um, those people are going to want to work for you again because they see that you genuinely care about them yeah. and about their safety. Yeah. So I had another uh, example I wanted to throw out along these lines. <coughs> This is somebody um, once illustrated it to me as 
um, a gear and like that you're this, um, I would say like almost a series of gears. I'm doing a bad job describing this. Basically the, the people that are in charge. So say like the producer and the director, there's, it's like this, this, um, this big gear in the middle of the whole production and everybody else, the, the further down the hierarchy, the lower down the hierarchy you go, the gears are attached to the main gear, but they get further and further out. And so think about like the assistant director is like a small gear on this big gear. And so, uh, and then, and then his PA team or her PA team is, is like another even smaller gear on that small gear. And that is very mathematical something way to put this, but it's like, you can make a small decision as the person in charge and you, you literally your gear, you turn like just a little, little bit, but then it's, it's actually like spinning some people further out like 10 times in a circle because of the way gears work. It's like, sometimes you put the right gears together and it's like one little turn from one gear is going to like make this one go faster. And then that one going faster makes this one go even faster. And so you kind of, it's kind of this visual of like, one little change you do, like, we're going to change locations for this scene, okay? It's like, you know, it's tomorrow, we're changing locations, no big deal, right? And it's like, everybody, you have no idea how much work has gone into that one, preparing for that one scene at that one location. A classic example of this is like a change in the script. It's like, oh, we're going to cut half the dialogue in that scene, or oh, we're going to like change this, Instead of he picks up this item, he's going to... We're going to now call for a totally different prop in the scene that's going to then play a role. Like, the production design team is, like, spinning like this because you just made, like, this little this little adjustment in what's going on. And so when that happens, because it's going to happen sometimes, you can't say, like, never do that because, like, this is filmmaking. You're going to do that at some point. And I did realize, like, you realize that. And obviously, you try to avoid that as much as possible. Um, sadly, when you are working with creative people, that's going to happen. And you're going to end up making those little adjustments because people are always wanting to make changes. And the director's in charge of the creative vision. So you have to go with that. And you have, like, to an extent, it's like my job is is to keep everything in mind, but then ultimately make sure the director can, can fulfill the vision for, for the movie. And so, so say something happens and you make that little adjustment and all of a sudden you're like, this is going to be so hard for the rest of the crew to, to, to actually, like, I know that we're literally making a big change that's going to really rock some people's boats. I think the most important thing in producing, especially at that point, is to recognize that that's happening and to be very, very humble in your approach to the people you have to talk to about that. I remember going to the production design team because of a, a pretty significant change we made. I think it might've been like even a scene we cut that they had been like working hard on. Um, I just had to like apologize to them. And, Cause at that point I, I wasn't going to like say the production design team is the boss of the project at that point they're not like they're working for the production. So whatever the production needs, 
people need to learn to go with the flow, but, but it's going to be hard sometimes. And so to keep, um, try to, try to, try to walk in humility of just being like, you know, this, I'm really, really sorry. I know this really stinks for you guys. Um, I just, I apologize that we had to make this change and, um, just, you know, let me know if there's anything I can do to help you guys. Um, you know, and just like, those are hard, those are hard conversations to have and people don't take things well, but you just got to like try your best to smooth things over so that even though someone's world is flying, it's like you try to slow it down just enough so they can still breathe and continue working on the project. I like that illustration. That's a unique way to to look at it, but it makes a whole lot of sense. And another thing in regards to that too, I think it's important to understand what the different departments of your crew have to go through. So as a producer, I know Micah, you've had some crew on your podcast and you know, asking them like, hey, what are some ways that um, it's helpful as crew? You know, what are some tips or advice you can give us producers? And so I think talking to people, asking them questions, um, not necessarily while you're on set, but like in between times, like, hey, like what are some things in general um, that would be helpful for me to know as a producer or even jumping in on a project if you can and, and doing some of that yourself. Like, hey, I'm gonna experience what is it like to be um, in this department yeah. or whatever and how I can be a better producer because of that, um, because you're able to actually kind of get down to earth and learn what it's like to be in those different positions. And then at the end of the day, um, if you do end up, you know, going over time or whatever, uh, the buck kind of stops with you as a producer. So if you need to be the one to pull a couple of extra hours so that somebody else can go home or can get their sleep or whatever, you need to be the one to do that. Um, so sometimes it's going to come down to that where, I mean, we've had that happen before where we contracted with some crew to work for X amount of hours and then we realized we needed some extra stuff. So Andrew and I, or whatever, we're the ones that have to go and make sure that that gets done. Um, and that's gonna, you know, it's, it's harder to do like on a feature and stuff, but there are still things that you can do as the producer working with your AD or whatever to figure out, okay, we had this issue today. Um, and we decided to let people go home and, and do whatever. How can we take a couple extra hours tonight to, schedule out the next couple days or to yeah. change some things or whatever you need to do um at the end of the day kind of comes down to you to, to figure that out and make it happen i did have one other uh point I, or topic i guess you could say i wanted to uh make sure to get to which is as a producer i mean obviously Catherine, you talked about kind of how hopefully things are coming up the chain of command through department heads and the AD and then to the producer. Um, but sometimes it might not be something that like is causing a problem for the whole crew. You know, it might be something just for one individual or one department. Um, so how, how can we as producers work to address that in a good way? Whether that means maybe the person, you know, just can't continue working on the project or maybe it means there's a resolution, uh, you know, to get keep them on the project. 
I mean, really, it all comes down to relationships. And I mean, ultimately, our goal as a producer, if we're approaching everything from a biblical perspective, um, is that, you know, the gospel, the gospel is first. So whether we're making a Christian film or a non-Christian film, whatever, our lives <laughs> are the most important thing and how we act is a reflection of what we believe in. And so Philippians 127a, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel mm -hmm. of Christ. So in the way that we're treating other people, we should be as Christ would be. Would be. We should be serving those um, around us. And I think as a producer, the most important thing is if your crew knows that um, the movie is not the end all for you or the commercial or the media project, whatever it is, um, ultimately what is most important is that person um, and not the movie. You're not doing everything for the movie. God doesn't need your movie. <laughs> um, he just does it. He, when you stand before you know him on the judgment day, it's going to be about your life and about your heart. And so when it's dealing with individual crew members, I think it, it still kind of comes down to producers should be excellent listeners, like extremely good listeners. Um, being approachable, I think as a producer, I would say the most important thing is to create a way that people know that they can approach you like anyone can. Um, I worked with one gentleman who he had a notebook that was a private notebook because he was a very busy man. And if anyone had an issue, they would go and write their issue in his notebook. It was very private. And then he would go through everything when he had time because he was a very busy man. But he came back to anything that was written in his notebook. He addressed within 24 hours. Um, so as a producer, I think being approachable and then figuring out how to make that work with your timeline, whether you let the crew know like, hey, you can text me or you can email me to this email or, hey, grab me at a meal's time, um, whatever. Um, making sure that you're a good listener <laughs> and that you're a servant like Christ. And then from a practical standpoint, mm -hmm. creating a time frame for people to be able to approach you. Uh, I would just tag on there, Matthew 20, 24 uh, through 28. Jesus says, you know, the, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. Their high officials exercise authority over them. Not with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to serve. To be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom. Um, our job is to serve, not to be served. And as a producer, you are the top dog. And you kind of have the power over everybody. Um but the biblical way to approach leadership is that the more authority you have, the more you try to serve other people with that authority. So it's kind of saying, yeah, I have all this power, but like, how can I use that to benefit the weakest person on set? How can I use that authority to help somebody out who's having a hard day? And um, I just 100% uh, what Catherine was saying it's uh it's we had a situation where you know one person really had an issue with where they were being launched and uh it was not something everyone cared about and we i just prayed about it and we i kind of defaulted to the person who had the problem with it and no one cared and it kind of made you know it it blessed some other people that it affected as well but you know you just if 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 
people don't care about it as much as one person does. You still got to care about it for them, and that shows love to them. And you just keep doing that as much as you can. Yeah, wow. Those are really good thoughts. I think communicating that to the crew in a pre-production meeting or before the set starts is really important too because people are coming from all different backgrounds and used to different types of sets and whatever else. And so saying upfront, we want our set to be something where you're not struggling with bitterness or unforgiveness because you felt like you couldn't talk to me. Like, no, I want you to be able to come up as soon as there's an issue, as soon as it's mm-hmm. possible to do so. Um, I'm open to that. I want to listen. I want to hear what you have to say. So I think letting them know that ahead of time too is, is, is really key just so that they feel, feel comfortable with that, you know, and kind of talking about it right off the bat. And kind of what Hannah was saying, if your pre-production is really good and you've been communicating with mm-hmm. pre-production, there's already a relationship there. Even mm-hmm. if you're working with a brand mm-hmm. new crew member, that's never worked with you before. And so there's already a little bit of rapport there, hopefully, and they see that you're planning ahead and trying to actually see problems before they happen. All boils down to relationship and communication. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it sure does. All right, well, we have just a couple minutes left here, so I think we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode of the producer podcast. So thank you, Matthew, Hannah, and Catherine for once again, coming back on and uh, chatting with us about this topic. Absolutely. Thanks for having all of us. Yeah. Thank you. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the producer podcast until next time, make sure to subscribe to the producer podcast and thanks for listening.